Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is your self-help testing ground where we take all things personal development to task and get to the root of how we really change and grow in body, mind, and spirit. I bring you the best and brightest to have candid conversations that matter about the psychology, science, and humanity of bettering ourselves. You'll hear from top influencers and experts in personal development, ranging from entertainers to psychologists, top entrepreneurs to pro athletes, comedians to Ivy League professors. So let's blow up the platitudes of self-help to uncover what really works. In this episode, Tom Ziegler and I talk about the power of kindness. And as you'll hear right at the top, set aside your altruistic thoughts about kindness and hear us present it as a primary tool you use to gain trust attract people, be the biggest man or woman in the room. The spirit of today's media polluting our culture today is one of massive unkindness. And I'm concerned we may grow to think that strength is standing up for your rights and correcting injustice by calling out wrongs and giving others their due lashings. And yet strength comes from giving kindness and respect, even in confrontation. Strength and glory doesn't go to the one crying foul and blaming and ranting, but to the one confident enough to wield kindness and consideration in any circumstance. Now, it's easier said than done. That's why we're doing a show about it. We want to learn how to do just that. Wield kindness anywhere, everywhere for ourselves, for our own benefit, to gain trust and attract others. Here we go. Tom, you saw on Facebook today, we had a listener, Bridget Morrison, actually. She said, just listen to your most recent episode with Tom Ziegler. So thankful for your podcast. Listening to you two inspires me to be a better person. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, that's, Amen. Yeah, that's humbling. And thank you. But she said, I find myself wishing I would have benefited from your wisdom years ago. So much time lost, but I'm grateful for the wisdom and instruction today. Thank you for what you do. So that line, I find myself wishing I would have benefited from your wisdom years ago. And of course, you and I both responded back on Facebook of, yeah, us too. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we had benefited from this stuff. I, you know, right in my book, Tom, I and mean, maybe, maybe you've experienced this right in your past couple, but I'm sitting there writing it. And I, I sometimes am, I'm kind of, um, nicely impressed with, man, I have a lot of knowledge, a lot of good knowledge, a lot of wisdom that exists in my head. I'm really grateful for that. And yet, as I write about it, as I cite something, an analogy in the book or, you know, something like that to write it and go, and I also am not following that wisdom. How is that, that it exists up there? I get to be on the show here and be a messenger of a lot of it. And yet I'm, I'm on that journey. I have not arrived there and that's, uh, you know, good and bad in that, but I appreciate that with Bridget, but yeah, man, are there any of us, we just did the show with Dan Pink, the power of regret. I have regrets so much of the stuff that we talk about that I wish I would have done a long time ago. I wish I was still doing some of it better now. I mean, it's a day to day, as you know. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was chuckling because it's like, gosh, I wish I knew then what I know now. We all have that sure. wish or regret. And then I made a comment to you in a side conversation. <laughs> I wish I'd believed what I knew then. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because yeah. usually what happens, well, in a lot of our cases is we get told something, but we 
we don't believe it. We, we do it anyway, and we touch the stove, and then we're like, oh, yeah, I, I should have just believed it instead of testing it for myself. Man, that's, a, that's powerful, Tom, and it makes me think also of the – what's the quote, the line about – Something to the effect of, you know, what's what's more dangerous than not knowing something is not knowing it and thinking you do like a fool. It's something along those lines. Yeah. And there was a, a, a I think it's a Chinese proverb yeah. that said, said something like uh, a, a wise man learns from others mistakes. A normal man learns from his own mistakes and a fool never learns. Yeah. And. Then there's uh, another saying I heard, which is the 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 older the wisdom saying is, the more likely it's true. Huh. And what's funny is uh, every generation is the same way. Oh, I don't believe that. You know, that's what the that's that was true then, but it's not true now. Well, <laughs> the older that thing is, the more likely it's true yeah. because things that are not true don't stick around. Yeah. And so that's what's really um, dangerous about all the cutting down of fence posts that's going on in our culture around, you know, different beliefs and things like that is it's replacing old truth with new with new truth. The problem is, is that old true is true because it stood the test of time, yeah. which makes it more likely to be true, which makes it more likely to be wise. So anytime a new belief like a really new belief starts to throw out an old belief, be careful. Yeah. Well, and I think we tend to throw out some of those old beliefs because maybe they are in an old package, an old vehicle, and we need to revive them according to a new time and new things, you know, new circumstances. But that old truth is still there. I, I'm with you, man. Well, speaking of that, the one today, kindness. So you've got you know, your book, Virtue number one that you talk about is kindness. You and I talk about this continually. We reference, as you do in the book, Shanti Feldhahn. So folks, if you have not read her book yet, her her book is the 30-Day Kindness Challenge. Shanti, S-H-A-U-N-T-I, Feldhahn, F-E-L-D-H-A-H-N, H-A-U-N? H-A-N, I Okay. Um, and this is a lot around that. And so in the book, you, you kind of, you write out an interview with her on kindness. The thing I wanted to do today, Tom, is I wanted to really hit it from our own self-interest because when I hear the word kindness, I still think it's kind of like to talk about Proverbs. Let's go to a Bible verse. You know, the, the, the meek shall inherit the earth and blessed are the meek in spirit. And we have a hard time with that because of the, how, what we associate with the word meek. And of course, that's not the, what we tend to think of is not what they're referencing in, in the Bible. I think in the same way, talking about, you're talking about a virtue of kindness, that that is not meekness. That is not just platitudes. It's not just old grandma being, you know, kind. We're talking about this. You have this in, in your book because it is a, a tool. I was going to say a weapon, but a tool. And I look at kindness, man, this is a, this is a primary tool that I can harness that will benefit me, Kevin. If I use kindness well, understand it and use it, I will get I will get more of what I want. I will get people's trust. I will get more trust. I will get more people attracted to me. I will get social credit in that sense. 
Jordan Harbinger uses that term a lot, social credit. If I use kindness well, and I can use kindness even in, as you talked about, as a leader with boundaries, with, I can use it with, with power even, but kindness. And I think we're in a culture now that is often justifying not being kind and for the sake of justice, you know, they need to get what's theirs. They need to learn just and kindness can enable. And I, I think we're, yeah, we're at a volatile time with kindness, which is why you have it as the first virtue. So I, that's where I was coming from with this. I wanted to take the, let's talk about the power of kindness and, and that this is, this is in our self-interest. This is not just some altruistic, Hey, everybody, you should be kind, which is what Shanti did. Well, no, this is for our own benefit. Yeah, so I want to I want to build some context and then give an example story okay. from a from a leadership perspective. Uh, one of the things that I really love is the idea of setting the highest standard possible and extending the deepest grace possible. And the reason for that is really simple: um, if you have a business or a life and you have no standards in it. Uh, it's going to be chaos. You're going to fail. You're going to go out of business because if you have no standard, then it doesn't matter if you own a restaurant and the kitchen's clean and the tables are clean. There's no standard. It doesn't matter. Well, except for it matters to your customers and to the health department, right? So the higher the standard is, hey, our standard is excellence. We're going to be as clean as possible in the kitchen and the table, well, that says a lot. You know, people feel safe eating there and they tell their friends and, you know, it becomes the reputation. And then that allows you to navigate trying times. Well, then we look at the deepest grace. Gosh, we're all human. We all mess up. Um, and, and sometimes it's complete. Um, it's just people. They just mess up. They didn't know any better. They didn't mean to. They, they thought they were doing right and they ended up doing wrong or sometimes it's malicious. Sometimes it's intentional. Um, but most of the time it's not, it's, it's not that black and white, right? It's kind of in that, gosh, they should have known better, but for some reason it just didn't click. So now let's think of kindness in that perfect world of the highest standard and the deepest grace. Okay. There's a story in the, in the book, um, 10 leadership virtues. Uh, one of our people, wrote it in and said when he was uh, just getting into a company organization, they were doing sales. All the new hires had to go to a full day of sale or onboarding sales training. And it was really clear, you know, they, in the interview process and, and in the email that said, Hey, you know, next Monday we start, it said the dress code right at the bottom. It said, everybody needs to wear uh, a, a jacket and a tie, you know, like a sports coat and a tie. And so the first day, so think, imagine this, all these new people start in the company from all over. They're coming into their first day of training. It's the first time they meet their leadership team. It's the first time they meet their peers and they're, they're nervous. Uh, will they fit? And it's a commissioned position. And so they've got to be good or, or it's not going to work. And everybody shows up. And one of the people who shows up didn't have on the coat and tie. And he walks into the room and his eyes get big and that realization, uh-oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so everybody's looking around and 
you know, so there's different levels of hierarchy in the room, right? There's the people who are going to lead the training, and there's the supervisors who are leading each of their team, and the people in the room are on their teams. And so who is going to go tell Bubba that he's dressed wrong, right, and send him home? Because it says, hey, you can't come to the training unless you're dressed right. And so from the corner of the room, the top leader comes in, and before anybody can do anything, he takes his coat off and he takes his tie off and he gives them to the new hire and says, here, put these on. Wow. And Frank, who sent that story in, Frank Stewart, he said, you know, we all forgot what we learned that day in class, except for 20 years later, we all still talk about that story of that example of everybody who was in that class. And so that's how kindness to me is the ultimate deployment of that concept of we keep the highest standard and we offer the deepest grace. Yeah. Right. Kindness isn't placating. It isn't about, you know, it isn't laying down and doing what the other person wants, right? It's, it's keeping that standard, but at the same time, it recognizes that we're people and sometimes we need some grace. And, and sometimes we, the way we're firm is we keep the high standard and we offer grace in the process because no standard was uh, changed that day. Right. Well, and I like That's, you. I like you saying it's not laying down. As I was playing with this, Tom, pre- prepping for the show, I thought about that. I mean, where's the first a kindness? You know, be nice. Can you just just be nice? And I thought we probably hear that first when we're kids, right? You're on the playground, and or you're preschool or whatever, or with a sibling, and you're fighting over a toy. And parents, yeah, just just be nice. Don't take his toy. And it's this zero sum type idea. Like, well, then I got to be nice and let so-and-so, you know, let Bobby have the toy and I don't get it, but be nice. And we, I, I'm afraid we extrapolate that today to, to kindness that, yeah, it's a zero sum, even like that. Well, so the one dude loses his jacket and tie and the other guy gets it. And of course you're telling the story. And my thought is, no, dude, the biggest winner of that day was the guy who gave it up and the respect that he got as the bigger guy, the power that was given him the, again, the social credit, man, he won out and how often that that is what we see. And that's kind of Deshanti's message of that. We are the biggest beneficiaries of this, but yeah, again, looking, it sounds, it it tends to come off so altruistic. And I think, man, this is a, I need to use this more and more because it gives me trust from other people. It makes me attractive to other people. And it also just makes me feel good. I'm grateful for my parents who were big on, from a disciplinary standpoint, major on the majors, not on the minors. And I look at that. And if I even look at my kids and go, man, I'm going to say yes, as much as I possibly can. I literally use that as a, it's kind of a game with me, Tom. I try to not use the word no. You really never have to use it. I even catch myself with text with somebody will say, Hey, you know, somebody, Hey, do you want, you want me to pick you up a Starbucks or whatever? 
Actually, I never say no to that anyways, because that would just be wrong. <laughs> that was a bad example. <laughs> but Kevin, can I get some sushi for you tonight? Is that okay? <laughs> I will never say no to that, but it's for a different reason. Uh, okay. If I was, if it was something I'd actually say no to, to say, I, yeah, I, man, I'm really good right now. Thanks. And just to not use that word, you know, no. And I, to me, that's a kindness. And what are the ways that I can be kind to listen is to, is to be kind or to even, I'm, I'm, being schooled in boundaries these days and realizing that sometimes it is kinder for me to tell my kid when they want to tell me about the video game, that's the consummate thing. You know, when your little kid wants to tell you about their Fortnite video or their, whatever they're playing that you're supposed to sit there and listen to it as a parent, I can sit there and do it. And I am just loathing this moment. Oh, for the love of Pete, can something happen to where I don't have to, and I've gotten, you know, it's more kind. If I look at my kid and go, buddy, you know, I love you. I, I, I dig the game, but you know, I don't have an, I, I don't want, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. So just, uh, I'm, I'm just, I dig that you, that you like it. Let's, let's go, let's go play something else together. Let's do something here. That's a kindness to have a boundary. Even I'm learning that that's so hard for me. And I'm looking at all these ways that I can be more authentic and be kind to somebody. And as you know, in leadership and Shanti talks about this, there's even a way to be kind in a What's a good way to say it? I was about to say punitive. I don't know if I want to say that, but to draw a line to in a, is a sternness. I don't know. You, you take it from there. Uh, how, how to do that. I'm Kevin Miller. You are listening to my conversation with Tom Ziegler on how and why to wield kindness. Yeah. You know, um, like if, if our two-year-old looks up and says, you know, daddy, can I go play in the street? Would it be kind to let them go play in the street? Right. <laughs> no, probably not. It wouldn't. And so we get into situations in life with relationships, whether it's in the workspace or at home where uh, allowing something is the unkind thing to do. Right. If you, if you allow somebody to step on you, it, it teaches them that they can step on people. Is that kind? Is that going to work? Right? It might work until they step on the wrong person and then, uh-oh, right. serious consequences. Um, one of the things that Shanti talked about, which I thought was really interesting, is she talked to she, – she has a 30-day kindness challenge, and it's pretty simple. Uh, it's – and, and you can, I think you can go to 30daykindnesschallenge.com or you can just Google it and find it. Uh, and I'd recommend you go check it out. It's, it's really, really good. But basically for 30 days, you pick somebody you're going to be kind to and you don't tell them, right? You just don't tell them. And the first step is you don't say anything negative to them or about them. The second thing is you say something positive to them and about them every day. So for 30 days, you don't say anything negative to them or about them, but you do say something positive to them and about them to someone else every single day, which if you're having a relationship challenge, that can be, that requires some thinking. And then the third thing is you just do a small act of kindness for them every day. Not, nothing that costs money, nothing that's weird, but you just do something kind for them every day. And this is what she said. She said, Tom, when you do that, it doesn't knock down the walls that have built up in the relationship. It melts them. Mm. 
And I thought that was such a better description of how kindness works. When you are kind to people uh, who are being unkind to you, it melts, it melts that rather than knocking it. It's not an explosion. It's not like a breakthrough. It's like a melting. And that's a powerful concept in and of itself. So when do we use and show kindness? Always. Why, why would we not want that? Tom, I found Shanti's website that you were talking about. It's jointhekindnesschallenge.com. So there you go. Jointhekindnesschallenge.com and you can go, uh, you can go do that. It, well, one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, as we talk about leadership and talk about the workplace and talk about life in general is we have so much, as I talked about before, so much in the media right now, so much in the culture about injustice, right? And when injustice happens, you need, I mean, gosh, we're, you know, dealing with wartime stuff uh, now. You've got to fight back against that. Okay. That's generally not most of us, but a lot of us are in the workplace. We're in business. We're even in our lives and we feel like an injustice has been done and it may be. Okay. So you are a victim. Somebody was literally unkind. I mean, no, no bones about it. They were unkind. And we tend to look at that and think it, well, that's where it's really hardest. How can we be kind in that moment in a response? Because it is, and you talked about grace. You've you've mentioned that word and that is the, gosh, who was it? Philip Yancey, right? He's got the book. What's so amazing about grace. Wasn't that the title? Um, I've got the yeah, book. I'm not sure who wrote it, but that's the, that's a great, that's the name of a great book. What's so amazing about grace. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it was, I'll, I'll look it up here in a second. Um, but that was, that's the big issue is it feels like grace enables kindness can enable. Sometimes it can. And I do, I do, I don't want to just throw that out because sometimes it can. And sometimes even with my, whether it's my kids, my, my wife, my, you know, in business or whatever, I'll make the call and go, is it more important to try to try to try to deal with this, try to come together on this, try to even correct that person, try to right a right or wrong. Or in this case, is it just not, is it that minor thing? Is it not a big deal? Is it not worth my time? Is it not worth my angst? I had somebody, I had a business that's probably been a year ago or so still remember the business. They still send me emails, um, flat out. Uh, I, I believe for all sakes, if I think anybody would agree, they took 1500 bucks of mine. They made an annual charge. They had not told me about it and blah, blah, blah. And they, they took it. And I did push so far. That's, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money to me. That's, that's still a lot. I mean, you get over a thousand bucks. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, Elon Musk. That's a lot of money to me, but I pushed a little bit and then I let it go. It just wasn't worth my time and my effort and the angst to me now, but there are other times when we have to deal with this. If it's a relationship, if it's an ongoing thing, if it's a really bad infraction and we do need to deal with it. So so again, I'm balancing the kindness to my own heart, the kindness to the other person, the situation, whatnot. But there are then some times when we've got to deal with that, but that's again, what Shanti speaks to. And we, and you do too, if we're looking at this is a virtue doesn't mean you just lay down and sometimes you may need to go and deal with this. And it is going to be a conflict, probably a fair word. I was going to say a fight, but let's not do that, but a conflict, but we can still do it as I, it makes me think of the bigger man. Can I be bigger woman, whatever, but can I still have kindness? Can I be for the other person as much as I can? Can I be respectful? 
I think that's a good word to put out there. I'll, I'll throw that out, Tom. Can we be, I think there's never a time when we can't be respectful, even if it is a no, it is a no, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to let go. We are going to deal with this. I may need to push back on you, but I can still do it with respect. It's almost, it's almost it makes me think of like the honor amongst thieves, you know, or even in, in a, in a gang, you know, in a war, there's, there's certain things that we're, we're going to do where you're going to fight fair. Yeah. So let's talk about it from three different angles. Okay. okay. So, um, let's say you're the, the, you're the one who's in the position of authority. What is, what is being kind and respectful mean? And so the example I gave of the, the, the coat and tie or early on, that was somebody in authority with all the power mm-hmm. who could have enforced the law, the policy, and probably given that person a really bad day. Uh, and nobody would have thought twice about it. But instead, he chose kindness, right? And then there's the peer-to-peer. Um, and in the peer-to-peer example, we I like to talk about this. Let's say somebody is coming at you way out of uh, bounds, right? They are over amplifying something. They're, they're acting uh, very, very, they're attacking you. They're putting you on the defensive and you're sitting here thinking in your head, what did I do? You know? And, and so our instinct is to retaliate. Our instinct is to hit back, to defend, to, Uh, raise our voice. Mm -hmm. And so kind of a kindness mindset uh, walks into any situation, understanding that, hey, when somebody acts out of proportion like that, that that person's probably insecure, right? And so the ability to be kind in a tough situation like that is knowing your why, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing your higher purpose. So as parents, when we see our kids just for lack of a better term, being idiots. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so easy to snap, especially when we're tired and we've had a full day of it. <laughs> but that's not our higher purpose, yeah. right? Our higher purpose is to uh, turn them into adults that are civilized and can build relationships and, and contribute to society and and, and have kindness and compassion in their heart. And so sometimes we got we got, we got our call on that higher purpose and the why, and understand that they're probably acting out, not because of us, but because something else is going on. Right. And that's where I, w- I was going to go right there, Tom. Yeah. That, that, that aspect of sometimes that, that giving them grace, well, we got two things are giving them grace because they are in, can I be the bigger man in that sense? Or can I be the compassionate and empathetic person um, be, and realize that they may be having, they're acting out something uh, that is, that is hurting them. And, and I'm seeing that and do that. And also understanding that sometimes I am on the other side of that. And I sure could use somebody giving me some grace because I am the one that is in that hurting time and I'm acting that out. Um, the other thing that you made me think of that were brought to mind too, was the, 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 the need to audit the opportunity. 
And I think the, the need to audit ourselves when we think somebody is being unkind, because what I have been brought to uh, understanding of more lately, you know, especially in intimate relationships is we so often have the filters that we experience life through and we experience an unkindness that is just how we experience it. It's not factually unkind. This is not some black and white proven thing that what that person did was unkind or that they did it with the ill intent. We often think people did that they pulled out in front of us because they're really a jerk. They may just not have seen it. And I, that's one where I'm, I am on the, I'm going to say assertive driving side, Tom. Uh, I know people use that word aggressive. I'm going to say assertive. I tend to confident. be confident. You're an over, you're a confident driver. <laughs> I am a confident driver, uh, but I'm not the most patient. And there are times when I irritate people because if you come to this, you know, if you come to an intersection, man, and if there's a pause, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go. And Sometimes it comes off as, as, as unkind, you know, and I'm not really being unkind. And similarly, I can, I can see somebody else doing something and feel like it is. And, you know, even culturally, Tom, I've experienced this where there are things that will ha- happen with somebody from a different culture that they'll do that to me feels like an unkindness. And I have to realize, I mean, in their culture, it's just not. They, they really get in each other's personal space, you know, or they may talk a certain way with a certain tone or at a certain pace or whatnot. And to me, it really does feel unkind. Point being, though, the opportunity that we have, or I think, again, the need to take that kind of a red flag, I feel, I feel an unkindness. Is it really? Because what I find out often, it's not really, it's not, I feel it that way through my own filter. And we're getting into deep waters, you know, from a therapy standpoint of what are our own filters and why do we respond bad? But again, we're back to the opportunity I can have to be kind. And, and maybe it wasn't, we're so quick. And again, we're in that culture right now where we're so quick to claim an unkindness and to claim a bad intent when we really often don't have the right to do that. And that takes, that takes, that takes more effort. Yeah. And I I think um, we're all mind readers now. Uh, We're all, you know, we all, we can read other people's intent. Um, And as soon as we get into that, uh, we're wrong more than 50% of the time. (laughs) So, yeah. And that's, that's not a very good average, right? If, if I make decisions all the, all day long about life, if I'm only getting 50% of them, right. Then life is going to be hard. Right. I mean, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be difficult every you know, and to me, um, kindness might just be the tone and, and I'll, I'll give you another story. Uh, this is a famous Zig Ziglar story when he was a little boy, one of his chores was to hoe the garden. So he would go out there and they had a row of beans and he would have to get all the weeds out on this long row of beans. And when he got done, he goes to his mom, my grandmother and says, I'm done. And she comes over and she expects it. And she says, no, you're going to have to do it again. And he says, but I'm look, this is, this would be fine for most boys. And my grandmother said, but you're, you're not most, you're not boys. most boys. Yeah. I know that story. You're my boy. Yeah. And my boy can do better than this. Right. And so there's the example of the highest standard, right? Would it have been kind to say, yeah, a so-so job is okay. <clears throat> you know, you did it part way. That's good enough, right? I mean, after all, you're only eight. No. And, and so just think about the pattern that got established there. 
his pattern was he had he was a tenth of twelve, and his mom he lost his dad when he was five, so his mom's a single mom. Everybody in the family's working. And if and if mom had said, "Yeah, we'll let that slide," you never would have heard of Zig Ziglar. Yeah, because right, if if the way if if kindness meant we'll let everything slide because after all, all these things happen to us. What do you expect? Then he never would have had this concept of what it meant to perform at your highest possible standard. Yeah. And then that that's what drove him is he he knew that the next speech was going to be better. He knew the next book was going to be better. He knew the next golf game was going to be better, not because he imagined it being better, but, but because he hoed the beans, right? He removed the weeds. He put in the time. And so, uh, but I'm sure when he was eight years old, he thought his mom was mean. Right. And so you're right. You know, we, we see kindness or lack of it from our own perspective. And, but that to me is not the, that's not the problem with culture today is how people are receiving it. It's how people think they're kind, but they're not. Yeah. Right. And that's where we get into the rub. Uh, They use their position of authority to drop the hammer. Uh, They use their position of, you know, just self-righteousness to instead of, you know, there's a, there's a, an ancient Jewish wisdom that says we, we argue to discover the truth not to win the argument. And it it takes some humility to go into a discussion that's up for, up for debate with that focus of, Hey, let's just discover the truth. Let's just discover the higher good, the higher purpose rather than to win the argument. And so you'll very, you'll very rarely find um, humble people who aren't kind and kind people who aren't humble. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 to me speaks of a confidence when we see that in the movies, you know, and they depict the, the most powerful, the Yoda figure or whatever as patient and kind because they are so confident. They're so, and we, and we depict the, the person who's got their panties on a wad, go to say, uh, so to say that, that they don't. And it's so true. And I, but I look at the culture and oh my gosh, we are in a panties in the wad culture. I mean, we, we look at the media, you mentioned in that, that we have, it still blows me away, Tom, you and I are old enough. So we're both over 50. And I mean, I know that headlines are supposed to get our attention. If it bleeds, it leads, you know, we know that we know that they're, they're looking to, to, to hook you. But I really feel like back in the day, most of the news was literal news. They just said, this is what happened. It's a report. This is what happened. I actually worked for a paper uh, kind of on the side. side They called me a stringer uh, was the name uh, a long time ago. It was just kind of a fun little thing I did on the side. And I wanted to put some of my opinion in. And it was, it was uh, writing about interesting people in the area. They did not want that. They wanted me to report. So they would edit out my opinion and my feelings and thoughts on this and just put in the facts of this is John Doe. This is what he did. This is what, that's all they wanted. And I feel like that's what news used to be. Now, when I go look at the headlines, 
uh, especially at some of the media sites that we have and newspapers that we have and just see the biggest headline on the front page. And it is an opinion. It's slander often. It is not pure reporting. It still blows me away. It still surprises me and that that's what flavors things. And I think again, gets us into this spirit of unkindness that we so often see. And to something that you said there, Tom, on how we perceive, you know, how we do perceive, we were both talking about how we perceive things differently. I realized that I have to make the effort in relationships. Now, obviously you've got the opportunity to be kind or unkind in these one-off engagements with people, but most of us are dealing with this most acutely with ongoing relationships in our home, at work, in business, in school, whatnot. And if I really want to win by using this tool of kindness, again, for my own, my own interest, I have to figure out what that looks like to somebody. Cause I'm prone. This is, this is back to one of the best selling books of all time, Gary Chapman's five love languages. And it's figuring out in that sense, you know, well, how does people, how do people feel up? I have to figure that out kid to kid. I got kids who feel it very differently. And I have to, if I, if I want them to feel love, it's not to give them the love in the way that I feel it. It's to figure out how they do. Same thing with, unki- with, with kindness. I can come in here. So I'm sitting here in my office and there's a handful of people that work here. And I've, I know the different ways that they feel kindness. One of them is to come in and just check in. Hey, how you doing? Really? How was the weekend? How? That is not me. I'm coming in the door, usually at the last minute, to do a show with Tom Ziegler or somebody else, a Steve first, and I'm just thinking about that. And I almost don't want to take the time to do anything. I, I may want, you know, maybe later when I've got time. That's not kindness to them. I see how they come in and they talk to each other and to figure that out and to, and even if I don't have a moment and I'll go back out later and say, hey, so I heard about X, Y, Z, and just to be caring and concerned and kind, that wins me favor. But I've got to figure that out. And somebody else may be different. It reminds me back in the day of waiting tables at a high-end restaurant. And we would do that. It was kind of a game. Figure out, do they want the, you know, maitre d', the the concierge style, very fine uh, service to impress their date? Or do they want to talk? They want to to sit down and talk with them and figure that out. That's what we're talking about here. And it's just very cute to me with kindness of I don't have just one black and white flavor of kindness. I've got to figure out what is kindness to the people around me. I'm Kevin Miller. You are listening to my conversation with Tom Ziegler on how and why to wield kindness. Yeah. And and I think, you know, we all have a peer group. We're all leaders uh, from the chair we sit in the people we hang out with. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a leadership role in your business or in, in your home as, as a parent, I think it's great to set out kindness ground rules. Hmm. Hey, we're not going to over talk. We're going to let everybody have a turn. Uh, tone and body language are important. You know, rolling of the eyes and, you know, talking louder on someone. Those, those are unkind things. Hmm. Um, I, I think a lot happens uh, when we tolerate unkindness, right? When we tolerate, um, you know, bad behavior and when we don't differentiate between, you know, targeting a, an idea or targeting 
uh, an action versus targeting a person or an individual. And there's nothing that um, destroys <laughs> quicker than attacking someone to take down whatever whatever position they're trying to create. Yeah, uh, that's the least kind thing you can do because it doesn't discover the truth, right? It doesn't discover what's the best option, what's the best thing for us to do. Uh, there's another saying that says it's it's what's right, not who's right. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's always right to do right. It's never wrong to do right. Yeah. And so we focus on what's right. And then how we do the what's right is, wow, that's how kindness really grows. Yeah. Um, and, and so there was three levels I was talking about the the leader who's, who's in control and demonstrates kindness and respect, you know, the, the person that's kind of in the middle peer to peer. And that's where we look at it from. Um, if somebody's overreacting, it's probably not about you. And that allows you to act out in kindness rather than to respond defensively. And then the person who doesn't have any control, uh, the, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's easy to be kind then, right? Because you get hammered if you're not, but we can show respect uh, in the process of that kindness and kindness builds the bridges that we need in life yeah. to get through the rocky spots. Yeah. Right. Because eventually we're going to have to share the load. Well, I got one more Tom on this because it's something that has been brought to my attention uh, recently. And it's through really looking at the, the psychology of human relationships. I've been reading Brene Brown's new book as apparently is half the world uh, by the book sales numbers that she's got with her book, Atlas of the heart and looking at emotions, looking at feelings. And, and to be candid, this is me. This is a result of me trying to get in touch with Kevin's own feelings, my own emotions. It's something that I have. It's been a blind area for me and something that I'm digging into, but realizing in relationship, how often we, but me, I'll own this, how I'll look at something that I deem wrong and I, it's how easy is the point of finger and say, Hey, you did wrong. You did wrong as opposed to owning it and saying, you know what, what you did made me feel this way, man, that is not my vernacular, Tom. And it's, and, and I will say it's not the vernacular as you talked about of our culture right now, because it's vulnerable. It's easier for me to stay over here in my strength and unaffectedness. Say, I'm not affected, but that was wrong, buddy. As opposed to saying that, 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 that hurt me or, or I, that made me feel bad. However you want to say that, man, from an interpersonal relationship standpoint, that's powerful because so many of us know what it feels like to be on the other end of that, where somebody says, Hey, you did something wrong and you know, you didn't, or, you know, you didn't mean to, you may have even been trying to do something right. You had good intent and you know, your heart and it's so talk about hurtful when you're accused of something and you feel like that's unfair. Well, that's taken away. You want, you want to, you want to take away that opportunity. Don't, don't say what the person did say how you felt about it, man. That made me feel bad. It gives the person the, the, the opportunity for the person to go, well, good. I wanted you to feel bad. That's not often going to happen though. It could, and then you'll know, then you know you've got something to deal with. How often, though, will you get, give them the opportunity to go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that at all. 
I was just in a hurry. Or I, I, or I thought that you liked that. Or I thought that that was okay. But I get it. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful and so, so rare. Again, especially in our most intimate relationships where we are hurt. But for me, it's having to be aware of my own feelings and that I do have things that hurt me and that anger me uh, and to be honest with that. And I don't want to do that because it's vulnerable, but man, it takes away. Talk about a kindness that is to, I'm seeing that as a, again, especially in our closer relationships, what a massive kindness, what a massive kindness to take the person at work. That's irritating the fire out of you and go, man, when you do that, I just, it's nothing wrong with it, but oh, it makes it really hard for me to listen to you. Or it really makes me hard. It's hard for me to work with you on that. It's hard for me to collaborate. It's hard for me to whatever, or that, you know, just, just to own that feeling what a great kindness. That's a kindness that I'm really focused on right now that I want to give to people. And I want that as well from others, from those who are closest to me. Don't tell me, don't just point the finger and blame me. Say I did something because I may not have, uh, but you felt it that way. Tell me how you feel. Gives me the opportunity to own that and to possibly be more readily repentant for that. But yeah, again, Tom, that's why I looking at this first virtue you put down kindness. I see it as it's got to be one of the most powerful things that I can wield in my home, in the workplace, in everything that I do. And I think that we just don't understand the power of that virtue. Amen on that. Yeah. I'm just reflecting. Uh, I took a, what is it? EQ, like your emotional intelligence quotient or whatever. Yep. And, uh, I scored just above a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's, that's honest. That's, that's vulnerable. And, uh, and so I'm sitting here going, I'm just being blunt, you know, uh, I really like the idea of saying, Hey, what you just said made me feel blank. Yeah. Right. Gosh, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to dig into that because I see, I see the value in it. Me too. That's why I'm sitting here talking about it candidly, because it's just not one that's feelings. Even that word I feel is, uh, it's such a kindness to other people to hear that. And it's not part of my vernacular, but it's going to come out for me. I think, I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's a, it may be somewhat of a personality thing, maybe more, uh, on a man's side, the tendency to not be vulnerable with that. So I'm literally trying to change, just like I talked about earlier, trying, I don't, try not to use the word. No, I'm trying to go, I'll catch myself. That's what I'm about to say. I think to go, I, I feel, and it, man, it changes, it changes my spirit in it is what I'm finding. I feel you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, brother. I feel you. I feel the kindness. All right. Well, again, man, this is a huge topic, a lot for us to think about. And hey, I can't, we can't end without recommending. How about buy Tom's book if you haven't already? And uh, that's uh, virtue number one right there. Kindness. Kindness. The killer app. The The one thing that if you do all the time changes everything. Yep. Thanks, brother. Thank you. You heard us reference Tom Ziegler's book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times. You can find the book, of course, anywhere or go to Ziegler.com. And again, we talked about Shanti Feldhahn. She's the queen of kindness. I recommend everything she does, uh, but her book specifically, The 30-Day Kindness Challenge, is just profound on this topic of kindness. 
Well, friends, till the next episode with you, thanks as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.